Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 33 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and as I'm writing this episode, I'm wearing a post beach vacation glow while being surrounded by the mountains of laundry that are also all too common after extended time away. On Friday, we returned from a week on the Gulf Coast, and while our family doesn't have a consistent favorite vacation spot that we return to year after year, we always end up somewhere between Fort Morgan, Alabama and Destin, Florida. This year, one uninvited guest included Tropical Storm Cristobal, so we spent a bit more time indoors than I'd have preferred. But we, all nine of us, between the ages of 17 months and 60, made the best of it with games and movies. So here's a question. As I'm staring at this freshly folded stack of clothes that isn't going to hop into their drawers without some assistance, are you an overpacker, an underpacker, or do you consistently nail it? Packing just enough of the right clothes to take you from day one to back home again without missing a beat. Me? I'm a classic overpacker, but I've gotten a lot better in the last few years. A couple years ago, you'd have thought I was packing enough for three people. Which brings me to why you're really here. Because I know it's not to hear me talk about my post-vacation laundry mountains. What I'm sharing in today's episode is something I learned this past week while listening to the wind whip and the rainfall tucked away in our bedroom with my nose in a book while Camilla napped. And that is the secret to savoring life's most special, important moments and how to tap into each of our three selves to create lasting memories. Three selves? Yep, you heard that right. Maybe you have a family vacation on the horizon or another important milestone in your future. Whether it's travel, climbing a literal or figurative mountain, or you simply want to savor the sweet summer days at home with your kids, you are going to love what's waiting for you in this episode. And I know, I'm a time management coach, and this is a podcast about work, life, and balance. And as much as I love digging into how to get more done in less time, how to increase your efficiency and be more productive, there's just so much more to life than crossing things off a list. That's why today we'll cover why we should make savoring moments in time a priority Who exactly are those three selves I mentioned, and what does that even mean? Plus, five easy ways to savor your next magic moment to make it last long after it officially ends. Whether you're making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands, or you're dealing with your own laundry mountains around the house, or hey, maybe you're on your way to a weekend getaway now that the days are warmer and longer. Either way, I recognize that it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes as you're listening, but don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources I'll mention. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 33. And 
I've also created something special for you to go with this episode. It can be really hard to slow down and savor vacation time and travel with your family and friends when your mind is still in the office. So I've created a pre-vacay getaway checklist with just about everything you need to tackle before you leave so you can turn off work brain and live in the moment. From letting your colleagues know you're heading out, to setting expectations with your clients, to turning on your out-of-office message, I've even included a sample autoresponder for you to copy and paste, so all you have to worry about is grabbing your sunscreen and heading out the door. You can grab this checklist over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 33. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode like this one from James Macaroons. James Macaroons, fantastic name, by the way, was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes for It's About Time. James Macaroons writes, always time for Anna. Anna's podcasts are a joy to listen to. She has great guests with really valuable information, and her voice is so calming as well. It's like listening to a conversation between besties and getting that advice you knew you needed but were afraid to ask someone. James, first of all, thank you so much for leaving such a kind review. I'm loving that you're loving the guests who have joined me on the show so far and that you're getting the advice that you needed. I will say that if you ever have any questions, absolutely feel free to reach out and ask. I'd love to create an episode that answers one of your questions. So grateful to have you as a listener and a subscriber. Thank you again. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Wise words from Ferris Bueller in the 1986 John Hughes film about a school skipping adventure through Chicago. As someone whose senior superlative wasn't most likely to succeed or best smile, but instead was most absent, that movie and that quote especially resonates with me. And yes, you heard that right. Through a combination of -of out-of-town extracurricular competitions, leadership conferences, and my habit of checking out after physics to go home and grab a mid-morning nap all before English 4, 
Well, I was the most absent senior girl of Winfield Senior High School's class of 2003. I only wish I had a plaque on the wall to prove it. But regardless of whether you were most absent or you took home the perfect attendance award or you were somewhere in the middle, I'll bet that now, as adults, you and I can both wholeheartedly agree with Ferris's wise beyond his years reflection on the speed of life. When we're in a rhythm, living in a solid sequence of routines, or we're living in reactive mode, running from one fire to the next, it's not uncommon to look up and wonder where exactly the time went. And the biggest reason for that perplexing question is because nothing exceptionally memorable took place between the point A and the point B in our days. Or wait, did something memorable happen, but... We were too busy or too consumed with getting to the next step or crossing the next thing off of our list to notice. I'm going to assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you, like me, want to live the good life, whatever that means for you personally, making memories, going on adventures, actually doing the things on your bucket list and living a life of no regrets. But you may also be so swept up in a rushing sea of things to do, places to go, and people to see that you're afraid that if you stop for too long, everything, laundry, deadlines, responsibilities, everything will all come crashing down around you. So you just keep chugging away toward exhaustion. And what about vacations? Vacations are often experienced more physically than mentally. As in, we're there, we're at the beach or at a cabin in the mountains, or we're exploring the streets of a new city, but our minds are somewhere else, worried about a project or whether our team has things under control back home. Or maybe you're a solo business owner like me and everything is totally up to you, so you feel like you can't turn off at all in order to keep the train on the tracks. And that's even if you let yourself take a vacation at all. Recent research has shown that about a third of Americans haven't taken a vacation in two years. Reasons being given were you know, not being able to afford taking time off or not wanting to spend money and simply being afraid to step away from work. But this episode isn't about prepping for vacation, although there is a downloadable checklist waiting for you over in the show notes. This episode is about savoring moments any time of the year, vacation or not. We want magic moments in life. We want to make memories. But making memories, the kind that pop into your head when you smell a certain sunscreen or you hear that specific song, the the kind that make a smile slowly form across your face as you just zone out for a second and get transported back to another place in time. You know that feeling. That's what we want to create. And it turns out it takes three versions of yourself to really make that happen. In her book, Off the Clock, Feel Less Busy While Getting More Done, Laura Vanderkam introduces three different selves within each of us, the anticipating self, the experiencing self, and the remembering self. The anticipating self is wondering about, planning for, and worrying about the future. The experiencing self is in the here and now. 
and the remembering self thinks back to the past. So to put that another way, the anticipating self is future-focused. The experiencing self is present-focused. And the remembering self is focused on the past. So here's an example of all three of these selves in action as it relates to the beach trip that I just returned from. Before I left, my anticipating self perused our resort's website, looking at photos and videos of our destination, checking out our unit, looking at a map of the grounds, figuring out where I could get a good cup of coffee, scanning the restaurant menus. I felt myself getting excited and looking forward to long days out by the pool or under an umbrella at the beach, catching up on issues of Southern Living Magazine and watching Millie play in the sand. Visions of this beach trip would pop into my head for weeks in advance of our departure date, often while doing totally mundane things like loading the dishwasher or taking a shower. Another thing you should know about our anticipating selves is that they are typically super optimistic. My anticipating self, for instance, did not envision any rain on this vacation, and it was my optimistic anticipating self who prompted me to pack four books for a seven-day trip, despite the fact that I have a very mobile toddler. (laughs) One line about our anticipating self from Vanderkam's book that really stuck with me is this. Many a dreary March commute has been warmed by the sun at a beach rental booked for July. And it's so true. Our anticipating selves have the ability to stretch a moment that hasn't even happened yet, giving you the ability to set the scene in your mind before it becomes a reality. So your anticipating self's BFF is your remembering self. So having arrived home on Friday, my remembering self is looking back on Thursday evening's walk on the beach with Millie. The cotton candy sunset, the perfect weather after the storm, her fat little legs in her blue and white striped swimsuit waddling by the water, trying to keep her balance in the wet sand, her high-pitched squeals whenever the water would lap up close to her toes, Like a typical millennial mom, I snapped about 20, okay, maybe 57 iPhone photos. But that magic moment is completely engraved in my memory, photos or not. And I look forward to holding on to it for years to come. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. 
I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, In all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Our remembering selves have the ability to stretch a 10-minute magic moment for weeks, for years even. But the challenge is in the present. The challenge is with our experiencing selves. You see, our anticipating selves and our remembering selves have the easy jobs. Our anticipating selves get to romanticize what we hope will happen, like the four books in my backpack that were mostly untouched. And our remembering selves get to wear rose-colored glasses and look back on the best parts. My remembering self chooses to focus on the giggles and the squeals on the beach, not the meltdown that happened once we started to leave. It's our experiencing selves that have to do the work. While our anticipating selves look forward to the beach with excitement, It's our experiencing self who actually has to pack the suitcase, load the car, make the drive, lug everything out to the beach, and deal with all the little frustrations and difficulties that occur along the way. Our experiencing selves have to show up and make the memory to make the magic moment so our remembering selves can savor it for years to come. And despite the anticipation, sometimes, probably even most of the time, it can be a whole lot easier to not do the work and to take the path of least resistance, which usually just looks like sitting around. So here's another example of our experiencing selves having the hardest job of all three. Have you ever looked forward to a date night or a girl's night at the end of the week? And then by the time Friday rolls around, you're tired from work and the excitement has just worn off. Your experiencing self, your present self starts questioning, do I really want to get dressed and go out to dinner? I could just stay home, sit on the sofa, order a pizza and watch Netflix while scrolling on my phone. That would be so much easier. So what do we do about our experiencing self so that we're actually doing the work to create those magic moments, making memories, and setting ourselves up to savor them for years to come? Well, 
Vanderkam, in her book, Off the Clock, suggests a simple two-part strategy that I can really get behind. One, plan it in. Two, do it anyway. (laughs) Simple enough, right? So what does this mean? Well, it means not leaving your magic moments up to chance. Call it planned fun or planning for spontaneity, whatever you want. But the first part, plan it in, that's critical. You might have heard me tell this story before, but I'm going to tell it again because it makes sense here. (laughs) So back in college, I spent a summer interning on Capitol Hill in D.C. But before I left, I attended a panel all about D.C. internships hosted by former D.C. interns at LSU. And one of the best pieces of internship advice, and dare I say it, life advice, was to make a list of every monument, museum, and activity you wanted to take in during your intern summer and to pick your weekends and plan in advance. Maybe one weekend you take a train up to New York and another weekend you do a night tour of the monuments. Because once you get there, it's going to feel so much easier in the moment to watch TV order a pizza, and before you know it, the summer's over. And you cannot fit everything in D.C. into your last weekend there. And the same goes for your summer or fall or whatever season is on the horizon as you're listening right now. One thing that I like to encourage my time management coaching clients to do is to create a summer bucket list. Nothing fancy, just a list of things that they'd like to do during the summer with kids, without kids, at home, day trips, whatever. What traditions are they creating and continuing? What are the must-dos versus the would-be-nice-but-not-totally-necessaries? And creating the summer bucket list itself can be a fun activity with your partner, or you can involve your kids or team up with a friend or a group of friends to create a list together. And then, once you've got your list sketched out, Pick your weekends and plan in advance. Now, I'm not suggesting that you meticulously plan every minute of your available free time like a cruise director slash drill sergeant, but picking weekends and creating a loose plan is your best first step to conquering your experiencing self who might prefer to sleep in and microwave some pizza rolls instead of getting up and packing sandwiches and cutting fruit for a picnic in the park. I would just hate for you to get to the end of summer and realize that you didn't make the effort because, yes, it takes effort to create any magic moments when all it takes is a little planning. So let's say you've got your summer bucket list. And like I said, this idea works just as well in the fall and winter, especially during the busy, tradition-filled, event-heavy holiday season. You've got your bucket list and you've picked your weekends and made some plans. Step two might be even harder, but you know it's going to be so worth it. Step two is do it anyway. So here are two things to remember when your experiencing self is feeling more TV and sofa than adventure. First, feeling tired is inevitable. It's just not a great excuse unless you recently pulled an all-nighter or you're genuinely afraid that your driving will be impaired. We will always feel some version of tired for some reason. 
especially as adults, especially if we have jobs, especially if we're parents, and especially if we're parents of young children. Parents of newborns listening right now, just turn this off and go take a nap if you can. (laughs) As Vanderkam says in Off the Clock, we draw energy from meaningful things. Chances are, after a coffee and getting out the door, you'll feel better and you won't even remember that you were tired. Second, remember your remembering self. Whether you stay home or go out, whether you watch another episode of The Office or you have a stay-at-home board game date night with your spouse, time will pass anyway. And how you spend it is up to you. What gift can you give your remembering self, your future self, by choosing something out of the ordinary? So, so far, we've talked about why it's important to make memories and magic moments a priority. And frankly, it's because we want to live our version of the good life, a life of no regrets. And when we're 80 years old, sitting on the front porch, sipping sweet tea in our rocking chairs, we want to smile fondly with satisfaction and joy as we look back on our highlight reel. We've also talked about the not one, not two, but three inner selves that guide our memory-making and enjoyment, enabling us to stretch a 10-minute memory out for years. But how exactly do we set ourselves up to truly savor those magic moments whenever they're happening? Magic moments are fleeting. If they lasted forever, they'd lose their luster and the magic would disappear. In the book, Savoring, A New Model of Positive Experience, researchers Fred B. Bryant and Joseph Veroff share what they call the Ways of Savoring Checklist. It's basically a toolkit of strategies that we can use to hold on to a magic moment as it's happening. And here are a few, five to be exact, that you can try based on their checklist. First, take a few deep breaths. Slow down look around. Anyone who's ever experienced a major life milestone, like graduating high school or college or getting married, having a baby, or maybe giving a speech on a grand stage, you've probably been given the advice to just take it all in. I still remember having an almost out-of-body experience at my wedding, walking onto the dance floor in my white dress, hand-in-hand with my brand-new husband, thinking, oh, wow, this is my wedding reception. I'm at my wedding reception. This is happening. (laughs) I remember the music, looking around at the faces of my loved ones, the ceiling in the ballroom, the flowers, just all of it. Second, Look back. As it's happening in the moment, think about what it took to get to that moment. The planning, the practice, the journey. Even if that journey was just making yourself get out of bed when you felt tired and loading the car when you didn't feel like it, let yourself feel gratitude for doing the work to get there. Third, As it's happening, imagine how you would tell someone about this moment. What would you say? What details would you share? 
how would you convey the sights, sounds, and feelings to someone else? Now, this doesn't mean that you actually have to share this with someone, but the process of deciding how you would share further cements the moment into your memory. You could say that it etches it just a little bit deeper. Fourth, if you are with someone in the moment, family, friends, colleagues, tell them how much you value the moment and that you're happy they're there to share it with you and be a part of it. Fifth and finally, remind yourself that this moment is temporary. This is fleeting. This moment won't last forever. So go all in and enjoy every minute of this magic moment right now. All right, so there you have it. Your three selves who all have to show up in order to savor magic moments, anticipating, experiencing, and remembering. A two-part strategy for creating magic moments, and that's plan it in and do it anyway. And finally, five ways to stretch those 10-minute magic moments for decades to come. I'd love to know if you are making a summer bucket list and what's on it. So head over to the It's About Time podcast community on Facebook and let us know. You can find it in the show notes or by going straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. As always, all of the details from today's episode, especially a link to Laura Vanderkam's book mentioned throughout this episode called Off the Clock, Feel Less Busy While Getting More Done. This book and more can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 33. And while you're there, don't forget to download the pre-vacay getaway checklist. All right. That's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.